0: they're not probably going to walk back in the gym anytime soon. And so I started to realize that even though people could really come back and do bar and they could do yoga and they could do mind body practice, I I saw that they weren't. And so with homeroom, what I wanted to do was just offer instructors and trainers an opportunity to connect with members who, even though they can, aren't going to come back. So what we're doing is uh, we created a platform where the price is fixed And um, the instructors bring their consumers, and we set up all the back-end stuff. So we assure that it looks good, that the sound is good, um, that the registration page is out of your hands. You don't have to deal with it. We send the meeting information.
1: Hi, I'm Pete McCall, and welcome to this episode of the All About Fitness podcast. Here it is. It's early July. We've been doing... You know, we've been doing the shelter-in-place, the stay-at-home orders on and off. That They started in mid-March of 2020, and a lot of people adapted relatively quickly, right? We knew, we were told shelter-in-place, this could be a nasty virus, and a lot of people listened to, a lot of people listened to the best estimates, and that's what all this information is. I've had, we had a public health expert on here, I've spoken with various professionals, I spoke with Fabio Camano. We talked about the buy's Reaction to exercise, specifically high-intensity exercise and, and how that relates to immune system. I've tried to portray different insights to give us an idea of what to deal with or how COVID is going to change the fitness industry because, let's face it, this is the big disruptor. I recorded a podcast a little more than two years ago with, with a friend of mine. She, at the time, was a vice president for a national health club chain. And she's since moved on from that. But we we talked about the fitness industry being ripe for disruption. The business model has been the same for a long time in the fitness industry. You join a health club, you pay an initiation fee, you pay monthly dues. That got disrupted by the boutique studio. The normal health club business got disrupted by the low low-cost operator. You had certain companies come in and start paying 10, 12. You could pay 10, 12, 14 a month to join a gym. And that really disrupted a lot of the, a lot of the other operators. A lot of, I mean, it's expensive to run a gym. It, it, it really is expensive, and it can't just be a price race to the bottom. Where am I going with all this? Well, COVID has done a great job of disrupting the fitness industry. That We know that. We know that it's going to impact a lot of small businesses. A lot of small studios and clubs are having to close. A couple of larger 24-Hour Fitness is, has talked about 24-Hour Fitness has entered bankruptcy, and I'm a vendor for them, so I have to go through. They still owe me for an invoice, so I have to go. Anyway, it's a whole new process. So I've learned a lot about bankruptcy or trying to get money out of clients who, who are now bankrupt. You have Gold's Gym. You have other gyms, large gyms that are being affected by this, by, by literally it's changing their business practice and changing their cash flow. And what's that mean to you, the fitness consumer? What does that mean for you? You like to exercise. You like to work out. That's why you listen to this podcast, to get different ideas. A lot of us have been working out at home. Maybe have been able to make do with a couple sets of dumbbells. Maybe been able to make do with a TRX. And as I record this now in early July of 2020, it has been possible to go back to the gyms. Just last week, I went back to 24-Hour to Fitness. I have a membership with them even as a, as a contractor And I went back to 24-Hour Fitness because I wanted to experience what it was like. You make a reservation, you go in. I wore my mask the entire time. I didn't do a hard workout, so I wasn't really pushing. I wasn't breathing too hard. I wasn't out of breath. And that would be my recommendation. If you're going back to the gym, going back in that environment, you're not going to be able to work. Save your hardest exercise for outside. Because here's what we're starting to see. It's the respiration, folks. It's the, when you exhale, when you, ex, you know, what's that called? When you expire, when you breathe out, you push out a lot of air particles with you. And if you're doing strenuous exercise, you really push out a lot of air. You're pushing out a much higher volume of air. The, the respiratory exchange ratio is oxygen in, CO2 out yada, 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 you start working at a higher intensity, think of CO2 as the exhaust from your muscles burning burning energy, your respiration comes up quite a bit for when you're breathing hard, when you're working hard. That said, if you're going back to the gym and you're wearing a mask, you're following the guidelines, you're probably not going to be doing your hardest exercise at the gym. And in some states, like I think in California, we might get the gym shut down again. So where am I going with all this? Is we still need to find solutions. We still need to find ways to work out. How are we going to stay fit at home? Is it right to go back to the gym? Is it safe to go back to the gym? Can we exercise to the intensity we want? And what's been the cool thing is you have a lot of instructors who've adapted to this by being able to offer workouts at home. I've done a little bit of that with one of the clients I work with, with Core Health and Fitness. I've been doing StairMaster high-intensity interval workouts at home, and if I can find a link to one of those, I'll link to it down below. A friend of mine by the name of Tricia Madden has started a whole new company called Homeroom Fit. What Trisha did, and is a guest today on this episode of All About Fitness, is Trisha Madden and Abby Apple, two of the top instructors, and I really would... I reached out to them, number one, because they, they're top instructors, period. If you have never taken a class with Trisha or never taken a class with Abby, you now have the ability to do that on Homeroom Fit, which is a company that, that Trisha started to create a platform for fitness instructors. If you're one of those people that you like, you like classes, you're a class junkie, you like you like taking classes, if you're an instructor, you like getting ideas, homeroom fit is gonna be a great platform because what it does is allows the instructor to have a back-end support there, and the instructor charges $10 a person across the board. And that's gonna be really cool. And think about it, because we don't know, even if we can go back to the gym, we're not gonna be able to do the really super hard workouts we like, right? That would be my recommendation, and I said this a couple weeks ago, was if you do go back to the gym, prepare to work out at a low to moderate intensity. You don't wanna get your respiratory rate up too high. Likewise, too, doing high-intensity interval training can weaken the immune system. Both those things mean that we just need to maybe exercise a little bit differently. And that's one of the cool things about Homeroom Fit is it gives you a platform for doing group fitness workouts at home. I've taken a couple of Trish's, uh, took a couple of her yoga classes, and Homeroom Fit is really going to be a great platform to allow that to happen because I don't know about you. I would not classify myself as a normal group fitness person, but I like like doing some of the online stuff I've done because I don't need to get into a car. I'm a little self-conscious, admittedly, when I take yoga, so I prefer doing the privacy of my own home with an iPad interface, and I really do think there's something to doing group fitness workouts at home. Now that said, if you want some workout ideas, if, if you enjoy working out, you have some equipment at home and you're going, what do I do with this equipment? Well, guess what folks? I am now selling, I am selling a dumbbell workout, a kettlebell workout, and a functional core training workout. These are great workouts, less than $20 each. They're an eight week program. There's metabolic conditioning workouts. There's core training workouts. There's everything you need for an in-home, at for an at-home workout for eight weeks, Those are on sale. If you check out the show notes, that's how I'm you know I'm not going to do any advertising. These the only advertise the advertisement you're going to hear right now. It's one of those programs. Twenty dollars. I'm also doing a killer, a killer on Tuesday, July seventh. is going to be a killer called Glute Reboot Ab Work. Sorry, not Ab Workshop. It's called Glute Reboot. I'm doing it with my friend Abby Apple, one of my guests today. Abby and I are doing. We did this last year at a major fitness conference. We're going into the science and the practical issues of glute training, and that's going to be offered live on Tuesday, July seventh. However. However, if you miss the live version I will have a recorded version of it for sale on the website so you can get a little learning about glute training and you'll get a lot of great ideas. I also have a couple other ebooks. I have my Dynamic Anatomy ebook which tells you everything you need to know about your body so you can design your own ex- exercise programs and I'm getting ready to launch my core training ebook which is I'm super super excited about. So keep that up. So if you want to support the podcast, check down below. You can buy a workout, you can buy Dynamic Anatomy my ebook, you can do my Glute Reboot or do the Glute Reboot workshop I'm teaching with Abby Apple on July 7th all the information down is down below in the show notes and i gives you the information so you know how to design your own workouts but the cool thing is, even if you care about exercise, if you care about fitness, sometimes you don't want to design your own workouts, and that's the benefit of going and using a service like Homeroom Fit. With Homeroom Fit, you get top instructors who will tell you what you need to know to get a great workout. It's only $10, and I may or may not be offering classes on in the future after this conversation today with what, what Trish's requirements are. I don't know. I may have to see if I can qualify. You're going to be hearing a lot more about homeroomfit.com, I guarantee that. Pretty soon you might see one of your favorite instructors on there. So it's a lot of fun today to sit down with the founder of homeroomfit.com, that's Trisha Madden, and one of the top instructors, whether live or virtual or anywhere in between, Ms. Abby Apple. Today we are talking with two of my favorite fitness people, Ms. Abby Apple and Ms. Trisha Madden. How are you guys doing today?
0: very good good good
1: and and come on very good come on you're two group fitness instructors on a monday morning i expect a little bit more energy out of you you guys need to wake up the audience a little bit what's that
2: yeah awesome Awesome.
1: (laughs) well isn't that but but let's let's take isn't that kind of the expectation right of your fitness instructor you're always expected to have that kind of energy do you guys ever get that when you show up somewhere they're like Wait a minute, this is it. You know, because they expect that stereotype of the fitness instructor is expected to be boundless energy. Do you guys ever kind of come across that?
0: Well, I think I think our I think our students at least just sort of expect us to constantly be, you know, on high. And I think if anything, COVID has been uh, exhausting for fitness instructors. I think we've never worked harder. So I think if anything, energetically, it's probably the first time in my life that um, teaching has been anything but inspiring. You know, they, I get going and the technology works and then I'm inspired. But the 20 minutes before class where I'm like, okay, is everything working today? Is the Wi-Fi working? Is, are the end users able to log on and hit options buttons? And is all that working? That's, that's, a, that's a whole nother level of, of process that we didn't used to do. And it, tear, it sort of breaks and tears you down a little bit um, in terms of energy. So the teaching part's great. Once you get rolling, it, you're back to you, but it's, it's all the other stuff that's really pretty exhausting.
1: And Abby, what do you think about that? You know, now that you've kind of pivoted in our teaching fitness classes online, do you find that more or less challenging than teaching in real life?
2: It's just, I mean, I, by the way, I still do both. I still do some classes um, where there, where we're able to, where the rooms are big enough to social distance. We still have a couple classes that are live, but um, it's, there are so many more challenges to teaching virtually than teaching in person. I know we think because, you know, teaching right now in person live, you've got all these precautions that you have to take with social distancing and making sure that everything's clean. And if you, are you wearing a mask on the way? There's lots of, you know, cause I live in Florida, lots of rules, but it's still way more challenging to teach virtually. Um, as Trisha was mentioning the technology, like I set up, I know you said 20 minutes. I like come in here like an hour early And then go sit down and relax after everything is done, because I know sometimes 20 minutes, there's one little glitch that could take you 10 minutes just to figure out. You're like, why is the music not playing the way it should? And then you have to call somebody like phone a friend. Can you get on Zoom with me and see what's not working? And um, so I try to get on like an hour early, plan all that, plan like for any issues, technology, equipment, equipment. Making sure that the camera angle is in the right place so they can see all of my body. I mean, so many things. So now, not only do you have to have a certain amount of energy when you show up to teach this class virtually, but you've got to make sure that everything is working. And if it's not, the en- your energy level that started here at the beginning of the class is like mmm. And you can see that you start to lose people when um, things aren't working the way they should. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, what's been what's been the process of pivoting to this? Because when, when COVID first started, it was like, I know we talked about it. We had a, a podcast, Tricia, where we were on with Randy and Jeff Dills from Core Health and Fitness, Randy from TRX. And a lot of people were putting content up there online. And now that we've done this for a while, two questions. Number one, do you think consumers have adapted to virtual fitness? And number two, do you think they're at a point where they're starting, ready to start paying for it? They realize this isn't just a short-term, stopgap and now that it looks like we might be doing virtual fitness for the long term?
0: I, I think that this is a major transition point in the whole COVID process. I think um, as we reopened, as gyms reopened and there people were allowed to go back to the gym and people were allowed to start teaching group fitness with strong regulations, I think we thought somehow people would come back in droves. And I think in a lot of cities, I mean, I'm sitting at a gym right now and there's one person in the gym. And I think in the next month, I think gyms will quickly close back down. In fact, I just saw a tweet that Miami Dade closed gyms back down there in your state, um, Mm -hmm. Abby. So I think I think that if instructors are really smart this round when things start to get closed down again or uh, more strictly regulated, I think instructors are going to be a little wiser this time and not be throwing it out there for free. Um, I also think that consumers are going to stop the just paying memberships. A, A lot of small gyms have counted on members just saying, I'll keep paying. Don't worry. We got your back. You know, we're entering month five. And now they can't, they're not even coming back when it's open and now they can't come back to group fitness. And so I think gyms are going to get less and less of that sort of, will help you out and keep you alive uh, mentality. And so I think people will have dollars to spend on fitness. And the question is, where are they going to spend it? And I think if instructors and trainers are wise, they'll spend it on them.
1: What's been your experience there? And just for listeners, and we kind of jumped right into it, Trisha Madden is based out of Seattle washington and abby's in abby apples in boca raton florida so i guess you guys cover the kind of the breadth of the market i don't think you guys could be too 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 in two further locations and still be in the continental u.s but what's the scene like there abby i mean people have people been coming back to the gym are people coming back to to live workouts
2: they are they they really are I've, i've um yeah, I mean, I, it's, I think it's different at every facility. Um, I live in, like, Boca Raton's more suburban than Miami. So Miami, it's a little, um, what's the word? Um, there just there's a greater population in a smaller area. Here, we're a little more spread out. And um, I think that we're better able to physical distance. Some facilities are doing a great job of it. Some... Not so much. What we've done is we've transitioned now. So we've got some classes that are virtual in the same facility. So I could be teaching a live class. And then also at the same time, we are filming it um, and shooting it live for um, the members who don't feel comfortable coming back. And then other facilities are, are doing live, but we're doing both indoors and outdoors. So indoor and outdoor classes. So some people that don't feel comfortable coming in can do the entire workout outside. So it's really, it's, I mean, it's, it's, Really diverse. And I know back to what you were saying about charging for the classes, some instructors are still not charging, some are charging. Um, I think going forward, I think people are going to recognize, the instructors will recognize their value. And I completely agree, the members will pay for it. They will pay for it. Depending on who it is, I mean, their favorite instructor. Do I think people might get a little virtual exhausted and want to go back to the club eventually? We're like, yes. Um, But I don't think virtual is going away. And I think people will pay for it.
1: And do you, yeah. I mean, both you guys are in relatively uh, affluent markets, right? I mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, Boca and Seattle are not um, – You know, they, they, people there have resources. People have access to, to options. Before COVID started, were you starting to see people do more Peloton or do more home-based workouts before this happened? Do you think – I mean, I know we we're start kind of going there with virtual on-demand programming with certain platforms, and so that we're, we were starting to see, see kind of a shift but, and I think Tricia, this is a good area for you. Did, were we starting to see people adjust to to the on-demand fitness before COVID happened and, and COVID just kind of accelerated something that was going to happen naturally?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, the interesting thing is, is that we've spent three years with people saying, oh gosh, I love your cycling classes, but um, I just got a Peloton at home and I'm going to come to the gym to lift or I'm going to come to the gym to do other things, but I really like my Peloton and, wow, they do such a good job. I think we've heard, instructors have been hearing that now for years and gyms have always sort of fought the online um, offerings. Like they, it's almost been like an Uber versus taxi cab analogy once again, where it's like um, the gyms sort of said, you know, we're going to hold on to our customers and say how, you know, that, that Peloton and online um, on demand is, is over there and we're over here and we're going to hold tight to the value of in-person training. And I think if anything, what COVID did is it just forced everybody's hand and forced people to, forced health clubs and gyms and studios to do both, like Abby was saying. So now they're in it because, not because necessarily they plan to jump in it so quickly, but but because COVID forced them to do it. Um, and some are doing it really well and some pivoted very quickly and others, you know, a lot of the big box gyms were too afraid of the liability and the red tape, and and um, they they sort of waited too long. And there's big box gyms that are filing for bankruptcy as we know it because at the beginning of COVID, they didn't act fast enough. Um, and they didn't recognize that people would would stay connected with local instructors, that, that people, members wanted to take from their favorite cycling instructor, their favorite total body conditioning instructor, yoga instructor. And so just putting on a website that, hey, you're a member of this big box gym and you have access to these on-demand classes that are in no way connected to you as a person. You've never seen that instructor before. You've never participated with them before. You don't even know the members that are. I don't think that was a, a, a good enough um, offering. And so I think small gyms and Abby has had great success with this as well. I think small gyms and studios and independent instructors like Abby jumped on it quickly and said, we, I know the value of my relationship with my community and I'm going to do it. And I, I, I think it's been a really big learning experience for the bigger clubs.
1: Well, and Abby, on that note, you're very good at connecting with the people in in your class, real life. Has that, have you had the same experience like when you're teaching virtually, do you feel, Abby, that you're as connected or is it a different type of connection?
2: Well, it's, it's a different kind of connection. Um, I can see their faces. You, know, you can see their faces, but the, the reaction that you're trying to get it was when you're teaching class, you feed off that energy. So it's this, It's a give and take with the energy. And um, I always I was joke that sometimes you go to class, like a live class, and you could be totally exhausted, but it could be the best class in the world. And the members give you this energy and you walk out feeling great. And then there's other times you could walk in having a ton of energy and it wasn't your favorite class. And you feel like you just got the life kind of sucked out of you. And you're like, how'd that happen? I got, a, you know, I got 10 hours of sleep last night. Um, so online, virtually, there's definitely a different energy. But I love the fact that I can see the people. If I've got like a small little class, maybe it's even 20 people, I can see the members and I can go through and I can call them out by name. And they love that. And I think that's one thing that, as Trish was mentioning about some of the facilities that didn't jump on the bandwagon quick enough they, they didn't appreciate that their members would really appreciate connecting with instructors they knew. And I think what we did here, there were a few facilities, we did that right away, a couple of the facilities, I can call one out, gravity, gravity plus oxygen, they were on this like the first week. Like the first week, they were doing live classes, and yes, we're all working out the kinks, but we just, they jumped in and did it, and they had some young kids that were, you know, not young kids, but you know, in their early 20s, who understand the technology, you're like, they understood Facebook. They understood Instagram. They were able to get on and uh, make sure they worked out all the little kinks, got the right you know, microphone, all that kind of stuff. But their members kept coming and they kept paying to connect with the instructors they knew, the the coaches that they knew. And then the coaches would call them out and say, you know, call them out by, hey, Sue, look at you. Nice job. I love it. Get a little deeper into your squat, whatever it is. So the members like that. I mean, they, it's, it's the same, it's the same connection you get in your class, the same reaction that you get from your coach in, in a live class. It's just a little, a little bit farther away.
1: And, and Trisha, I know you've been teaching and taking a lot of classes online. What is, yeah. what's been your experience with that? What's it like as a user? I mean, you're, you're, you're an admitted class junkie, correct? I think I've heard you yeah. say that before. What's it like from your, your point of view as the end user taking a class, like if Abby were ins- your instructor?
0: Well, Abby is going to be my instructor today. I'm taking her killer core class at one. Um, and um, I take, I, I, I've been teaching since, actually since the day after COVID um, shut us down. And um, as a teacher in the beginning, of course, it was comedy. It's like, it was just hilarious. Is this working? Do you hear this? I don't know. I'm going to put the music closer to the microphone. Oh, you can't hear me now. Um, okay. Well, let's just go without music today. <laughs> okay. To turn your camera on, you got to click the button. Like it was just comedy, and it just got better and better. And then for me, um, I, exactly what Abby was saying is that I take, I pay for classes. Ironically, um, at the fitting room in New York City and at Tone House because I love the coaches there. I love that they know me. They're always like. Murphy from Seattle, you know, like they, they always, you know, give me such crap about like, you know, come on, you're a fitness instructor. (laughs) You can handle more, you know, they they kind of um, coach really well. They're looking at the screens and they're not doing their coaching a lot. Now the difference, the only thing I think we should really touch on is there's a huge difference between teaching group fitness in this, um, in this fashion versus, Um, small group training and I think that that's a a really a big jump Uh, I just filmed in here a bar instructor who could see on this big screen behind me all the um, all the people but she's also in front of a camera teaching uh, to using musicality as a driver so she really has to keep moving a lot and coaching a lot um, and so it's hard for her to stop in the middle of a bar sequence that's rhythmically driven and stop and coach. Where the small group training classes I take at Fitting Room or Tone House, they'll give you, you know, you're going to do these four sets of this and these three sets of that. They demonstrate the first one and then they come up to the screen and they're coaching, uh, which is really nice. Um, so I think for the group fitness instructors, they're really trying. I hear more of like the motivational cueing, like I see you. You know, Sarah, I see you, Julie, you're doing a great job versus the small group training, which I think is, is really valuable as well as, oh, can you drop your weight back over your heels a little bit? Or, hey, it looks like you're looking towards your toes and your plank. You know, those kinds of cues um, that are more um, more uh, body specific are a little bit more valuable to the end user, uh, but both are great. It's just a different challenge.
1: And do you think people are making that adaption? I mean, for, to both y'all, I'll put it up to both Tricia and Abby. Do you think now that we're three months, whatever it is, who knows how long? And you said five months up in your area, Tricia. But now that, that we have been on serious lockdown and at the recording this, we're recording this on, uh, on Monday, July 6th. You, you alluded to it. We very well could be in lockdown again in the very near future. Do you think people are making this adaptation to be able to work out at home? Do you think people, and, and, and the second part of that question is, A, do you think people are making the adaptation? B, do you think people are liking that? Because I don't know about you, but it is kind of nice to not have to sweat looking for a parking spot before I go take a yoga class. Do you think people are making this adaptation? Or do you think they're kind of, a, you know, making it a part of their lifestyle?
2: Anyone answer that? You want to right, Either
1: one, I'll let you let either sure. one. Um, I'll
2: just, I'll do a really quick one really fast, It just really fast. And then you, I, I've been talking a lot, but I'll let you talk too. Um, yeah, I think so. No, I think people, I think people really are. And I think they just, they had to adapt to the technology. That was, that was the biggest thing with the, with the people that are taking the classes, they adapt to the technology. Um, I think they wanted a way to do it too, because they kept hearing as Trisha was mentioning about Peloton and all these different organizations that were doing these online classes. And I think people really wanted to find a way to do it when they heard about that and they heard about the success of other people that were, you know, paying exorbitant fees to partake in a Peloton class. They had to buy the bike and they had to buy the technology. Now there's a lot less of that going on. Now they can just click a button, pay a quick little fee. And most of the workouts that we get are um, body weight or they have, you know, lightweight or less equipment. So I think the transition's pretty easy.
0: I, I think I think the adaptation has been, it's taken a long time I, through COVID. I think in the beginning there were people that were like, oh, I can't do that. I think ne- out of necessity, there's been, um, I've watched like even my mom who's 75. Um, in fact, she's taking Latin Fusion today at noon. Um, in the beginning, she, she really wasn't even able to click on the Zoom link and do all that. She was able, she just didn't, she, it was too big of a barrier at that point. But then once she got desperate, and decided that this was the new normal she was able to adapt. And I think for, for different reasons, whether it's just generationally, uh, the technology was overwhelming in the beginning and now feels okay. Um, I think people are definitely adapting. I think uh, in some cases, I think people are really pleased with it. This is an introvert's dream, right? I still get coached, but I don't have to say hello at the locker room. I don't have to share space. I don't have to argue with the person in front of me. So I think for some people, this is a really um, great thing for them. They're like, oh, everybody's online now. I don't have to, I don't have to do that. I, I think weather is also a big piece of it. So in Seattle here, our weather today is 74 and sunny and not very humid. And so we have a really great um, season now for working out outside. And then, as you look at different parts of the country that are entering a season where it's really hard to work outside, that's going to shift um, how many people, are, like in Florida, um, are going to want to work out online. So, I, I think, um, I think there's a lot of um, just day to day changing in, in terms of mindset. Okay, I didn't want to do that a month and a half ago now, but I'm desperate. I didn't want to do that yesterday, but today I realize it's the right thing to do. I also personally believe that the science is coming out that, there sh- that we shouldn't be doing cardio inside at all. In fact, the CDC today released another finding that we're really not getting this thing from touching things. We're getting it from spray
1: (laughs) we're getting it from the aerosol we're getting it from
0: yeah yeah so to me i think what we're going to learn is that until this vaccine is really widely widely available i think pretty soon it's going to be you can be at the gym but not doing cardio indoors because there's nothing worse than doing cardio with a mask on you've all you both have tried it it's it's really uncomfortable um but it probably is the worst thing we can do. And I saw a cycling class where they're like, you know, we're socially distanced. And it's like, you're in a small room with terrible ventilation. At some point, what's going to happen is one person's going to get it in that room and nine people are going to get it. And that poor gym, which was shut down for four months, is going to have to shut down And then they're going to say they're going to have to do cleaning. That cleaning is going to cost them $3,000. These small businesses can't afford it. So if I were a gym right now, I would ban, in fact, downstairs, there's no cardio machines on. They very wisely looked at the science and said, let's open up the weight room. Let's have activities where people aren't breathing heavily and let's require mass at all times. So that's sort of our policy up here because I think... These gyms are just going to have one case after the other, and I just don't think gyms can afford to close down, clean, reopen, um, and I think it's going to come from cardio. I don't think it's going to come from yoga or bar or weight room.
1: Well, I, Abby, I know that Florida is the, uh, the, the epicenter of science-based learning, Right, I know that that Florida bases all their decisions, all their policy decisions, based on the latest science. And I'm sorry if I can't say that with a straight face. But in, in all in all seriousness, Abby, do you see people in the gym? Are people in the gym adopting by wearing a mask, going inside to work out? Uh, and then I'll the ask, po- ask
2: you the policy right now. Is we do it? We see it's 95 degrees here. Yeah, and it's yeah. about 90% humidity. So doing cardio outside is really is rough. Um, whether you, with or without a mask, it makes no difference. It's still hard to breathe. Um, so far, yes, we we have cardio classes. They're indoors. There are very few people that are in the classes. We don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows. We we do know this. We know that right now, the, the the people that are spreading the disease, it's the twenty to thirty year olds. And we honestly in Boca Raton, let's be honest, we don't have that population <laughs> in our area, and so. So far, it looks like we're okay, but you know, okay. you never know. It's like, yeah, it could be one person that spreads it to nine people, as Frish was saying. Um, so doing cardio outside, I, you know, I do. and I teach classes indoors, outdoors. I w- walk back and forth, and let me just tell you, it is even there. Even then, it's uncomfortable. I mean, if for an instructor who is not even doing the workout, I mean, I can't tell you the other day, just I could wring out my clothes ring them out. And this is just from teaching a class, not doing it. So I don't know how safe it is to do the workouts outdoors. I don't know how safe it is to do the workouts indoors. So, you know, probably doing them in your house if you've got some modality that it gives you the availability to do cardio in your house, we know is is most likely the safest, the safest option. But right now we're all kind of, we're all kind of taking our chances here. But
1: well, but that's the reason why I want to ask you guys this is because that's been a the theme that I've been trying to do on my podcast is giving people different options, right? And you know, I had um, recently I had interviewed Marty Gabbala, who's done a lot of the research on HIT training, and Marty's in Marty's lab up in Canada, they've found that people can get great results doing only ten, twelve minutes of body weight training with HIT, right? And so, I mean, the fact is that people can get great workouts from home. They just kind of have to know what to do. And I, and I think that's been the yeah. biggest downside is, is being able to get that. And, and obviously, you know, there's always a hook with interviewing people on a podcast, right? And, but one of the reasons I, you know, reason why I have you two on is, is to talk about something. Tricia, you're one of the founders of this, and I think it's such a brilliant idea. And, and obviously, you know, kind of watching you do this from a distance, I want you to talk a little bit about what Homeroom Fit is and why you decided to, to start that.
0: Oh, um, Homeroom is a online portal for group fitness instructors and trainers to offer their consumer-based classes and um, workouts. The goal of Homeroom Fit is to create an, an economically um, enticing <laughs> environment for instructors, so uh, to prove to instructors their value, uh, by compensating them uh, generously, so that they are willing to reach their their consumer through social media, through emails, through newsletters. Um, all those in all those ways, they bring their customers to homeroom and then they make um, the majority of the funds that come in. And so the goal is really to serve instructors and trainers as best we can. Um, and and honestly, my background in managing clubs and seeing how uh, rare it is that instructors are valued the way that they should be in terms of what they bring into the club. I think this is a really good way for an instructor who has been on COVID for say six months and in six in a couple months when we go back to having indoor Zumba classes can show that they were you know making three or four hundred dollars teaching online and they can show that gym owner like listen I was able to bring these people to a platform where they spend the money and I think that I should be compensated in a more fair way going forward and so uh, that's my that's one of my goals Um, the other thing that I decided, I mean, a month ago, when I started watching the numbers for COVID and I started looking at the research about cardio, my first initial thought was, let's start offering cardio-based classes right away so that when gyms open up, they don't have to offer cardio at their clubs, that these instructors could offer it in their homes to the members. And so that was sort of the initial drive. And then when our gym opened up here three and a half weeks ago, and I saw that nobody was coming back. Um, Seattle is definitely a more, um, I don't know what the right word is. It's a, it, I, this community I'm in right now is, is a pretty um, educated, affluent community. And, so, and it's older. So they're not probably going to walk back in the gym anytime soon. And so I started to realize that even though people could really come back and do bar and they could do yoga and they could do mind-body practice, I, I saw that they weren't. And so with Homeroom, what I wanted to do was just offer instructors and trainers an opportunity to connect with members who, even though they can, aren't going to come back. So what we're doing is uh, we created a platform where the price is fixed. And um, the instructors bring their consumers and we set up all the backend stuff. So we assure that it looks good, that the sound is good, um, that the registration page is out of your hands. You don't have to deal with it. We send the meeting information. Um, Abby's teaching on there today. She's teaching Killer Core. Abby will get the link and she clicks on and doesn't have to deal with customer care issues. And, I, and I'm in the background running um, tech to make sure there's no complaints. And if Sally in Texas can't log on or her Wi-Fi breaks down, Sally calls me. She doesn't interrupt the in the class and say, Abby, I can't see you. She puts it in the chat. And I take care of it. So we try to take the stress that Abby and I have had to navigate through the past four months. Um, in fact, I think Abby and I together have like done more, <laughs> have, have, have failed and tried and succeeded in on, on repeat cycle um that we've sort of tried everything um and so as you know a lot Pete, a lot of people in our industry are constantly calling abby and i going okay what did, did you try this what did that work for you and uh, which, which which mic do i buy um so i think we're just trying to take that pressure at homeroom away from instructors and also create a place where instructors can send Their customer, because what's happened is instructors are afraid when they're teaching on Facebook Live or however they're teaching, they're a little bit afraid to ask for the money. So, by creating Homeroom Fit, Abby doesn't have to have that conversation with a customer where the customer says, Oh, Abby, how much is it? Uh, and abby has to say well it's ten dollars and you know abby doesn't have to defend the price point we defend the price point for them so um instructors really have a hard time saying this is what it costs to take my class there's no abby doesn't have to abby can just send people to the registration link and if somebody wants to beg for a comp they have to beg for me and i say no (laughs)
1: So you put yourself in the, you're now running the, uh, the VIP room of the, of the club, right? And Abby is the the main draw in there. Now, Abby's an instructor. Why, why would you team up with something like home room? I mean, is is it that helpful to have a platform that kind of has your back as opposed to you just trying to figure it out on your own?
2: Oh yeah, of course it is. I mean, I'm, I'm first off, well, you, Patricia knows me already. You guys know me. Um, I mean, I've already been selling, workshops, masterclasses. So I'm not afraid to ask for the money, but I know as Trisha was mentioning for instructors, one thing we don't do really well as instructors is we're, as we said, we don't, we don't know our own worth. We don't know our own value. That's one. And then selling is not really our strong, (laughs) our strong suit. Yeah, Yeah. We're really not great at selling things. Um, we always compare that, you know, group fitness instructors and personal trainers in a facility. Group fitness instructors are really good with connecting, great with connecting with people, but not great at selling. And personal trainers are really good at selling, but not necessarily so good with connecting with people. You can combine that, you get a really great small group trainer. Um, so it's really nice to have somebody else handling that piece of it, saying you take care of it. Because I know even for myself right now, when I'm doing my own classes, like if somebody has an issue... I've got to stop or run to the computer, make sure. And I'm, and I'm still that person. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Give me a thumbs up. I'm like, and I see all the faces and all the thumbs come up. I'm like, they got it. Okay. But I don't have to do that now. Now I've got Trisha to, or whoever's on the other side of it, do, taking care of all that. So all I have to do is give them a great class.
1: And what do you think the experience is like for, what have you heard from people who take your classes? I mean, because Homeroom Fit, is it still giving people like a nice, a good gym-based group fitness experience as best as it can be served at home. I mean, yeah. what have you heard? Yeah, what have you heard? I'll, I'll point to you, Abby, since we're looking at each other on video. What have you heard, Abby, from people who take their class? Do they like? Do they like using the platform?
2: I think it's new. I think it's pretty new right now. I've heard people love. They love taking the classes, um, but I think maybe you want to give that tri- that answer to Trisha because she's gonna. She's probably getting a lot more feedback about home room than I am at this point. Yeah, yes? I
0: think the the. The general feedback is because instructors have had to do this on their own, there's been some pretty um, funny experiences from a consumer's perspective where they don't hear any music, they don't they don't you know, They don't know how to unmute themselves. There's no direction. They don't know where to place questions. So what we're doing with instructors, I didn't have to do this, of course, with Abby, but I've had to do this with a lot of instructors, is I have to upskill them. You know, this is where your camera should face. This is how we want to see your feet. Turn off the blinds behind you, because that's super alarming to the eyes. Make sure your dog is locked away. Like, we actually don't allow dogs and kids and things to be interrupting it, because if instructors... Treat it like a for-paid service, right? There was this period of time where it was dogs flying through and husbands asking questions and just stuff. But it was like, but it's free, so you guys just have to deal with what I have in my life. That's all fine. But we're now looking at it from a much more professional perspective, and we really want consumers to have a great experience. The other thing that we're doing on Homeroom is, and I, I know other platforms will will soon follow we're putting together a talent pool that's so strong that no matter what class you take on homeroom you you're never going to have a bad experience so it's i'm kind of taking so today i've had 15 applications <laughs> come through um, to teach on homeroom so this is wow. happening every single day and i'm taking very very few of them and i don't say that to be anything but um direct in that a, they have to have a following. B, they have to be so outstanding that um, th- that they shine through the camera. You can't be teaching on homeroom and not know how to mirror. You can't be teaching on homeroom and um, not have great cueing structure and energy. This is not, this is, homeroom is not the place for um, mediocre instruction. And that, that sounds terrible to say, but... Um, There's a lot of mediocre instruction out there. And I believe strongly all three of us do that. Education is the key to growth. And um, right now I'm trying to bring instructors on that are just so gifted that it blows people away. And so even if there's a wireless breakdown, right, Abby, I could still have it happen on homeroom where the wireless shuts down. Right. You just never know Um, that it doesn't matter because the experience is so good no matter what. And then also if somebody comes to take Abby's killer core class today and they happen to see functional flexibility with Manuel tomorrow, I know that if they take Abby's class and love it, that I I know they're going to have an awesome experience with Manny tomorrow. And I'm never going to disappoint that, that customer. They're always going to think that was the best $10 they've spent.
1: Well, and now I have to be 100 percent honest. I mean, I know we've been talking a little bit offline about me trying to offer a couple of classes. And for listeners, I do want to be, you know, I have been speaking with, with Tricia about possibly offering one or two classes on the homeroom because I want to be able to offer classes to use listeners. But after that, I don't know. I don't used you, you to have to bring it every you have to bring it every class. What yes, I, I have to actually have the energy. Is that is that possible, Abby? Is that possible to bring the bring the heat when you're teaching from home? How does it feel like when you're in your in your living room and you're trying to and you're trying I know it's one thing when you're in the studio <laughs> doing a class. What's that? in my kitchen. You you do it in your kitchen. Yeah. See, you gotta I'd,
2: every single time, Pete.
1: I'd be staring at the at the at the Krispy Kreme donut behind but the Krispy Kreme box behind you the entire time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> No such thing. There's no such thing as a Krispy Kreme in my house. Um, I leave those in my car. No, I'm joking. I don't... Pete, you know me. Um, No, you got to bring it every time. Pete, you got... I know. You know, or you know. I know you're being a little sarcastic, but you do. You know you've got to bring that energy every single class. I don't care if it's live. I don't care if it's virtual. I don't care what it is. Um, Yeah, it's... When you're on stage, and I say that... I mean, on stage stage is just you know the proverbial stage when you are on the proverbial stage it's a show it's a show you there's education but there's also there's an entertainment factor to this that even and I'm an introvert I'm a total introvert but nobody thinks I'm an introvert when I get up there on stage I'm like boom
0: you got to bring it the quote it yeah and you're you know it's it's hard because what I'm finding with Homeroom Fit is that th- there's a lot of instructors think that they're bringing it, right? They'll send me these audition videos, and I'm like, no, unfortunately, it's not there. You know, the your background isn't clean enough. Your your voice and fluctuation isn't strong enough. Your coaching technique isn't, isn't strong enough. And that sounds terrible, but there's so much out there. There's so much noise right now in the live stream um, experience that Homeroom has to be has to be so good every every instructor has to be at such a high level or else it'll be lost in the rest of the noise and I want instructors I want instructors to make two to four hundred dollars a class. So my goal with Abby by August is that her Monday class is a two to three hundred dollar experience for her i don't I believe instructors should never make less than hundred dollars in this environment. So if you made fifty dollars for an in-person class, this is twice as hard, so we we need to be making really good money for what we're what we're doing. And and I have instructors now in homeroom that are making three and four hundred dollars a class already, um, and I I think that's awesome. There's nothing that makes me happier than.
1: Well, let's let's take it a step back, Patricia. I know we got to watch the time here, and I, I just want to you know let listeners let, know that yeah, I'm keeping an eye on the clock for you. And I know the, the production uh, we, the productions you got going on. But let me ask you a question because you both talk about about bringing the heat, and I think that one thing that we've done overall as an industry is maybe we're not as candid or not as critical as we need to be of each other, or maybe we don't give notes the way we used to. Because I know that that when I was quote unquote, coming up when I was a young instructor and I would have friends, you know, take my class or I'd have my ex-wife take my class. I always found that candid feedback to be very helpful. And that sometimes, and as a speaker, I like the evaluations to tell me what I didn't do well better than those evaluations. So that was great. I don't care if it was great. What did you not like and what can we do better? Do you think that we can get better at kind of giving each other direct, honest feedback? You know, it's one thing, Abby, to say, yeah, you teach a great class because you do. But don't you get better sometimes by finding out the weak points? And do you think that's something we've lost, you know, in the in the presenting world in the, in the speaker world? I want to I wanted to you know, want you to put your educator slash presenter hat on, you know, as you answer that, Ab.
2: Well, I mean, there's 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 a couple of factors to this. So yes, and as a program director, I've opened a couple of clubs, and I've had to audition instructors. I was a group fitness manager. And you always have to give feedback and both positive and negative, but the way that you have to give a negative feedback. And this might be a generational thing. I always joke is, you know, I'm a generation Xer and generation Xers are always we're the same way we always want. We want, I want to know what I can improve. What, how can I get better? It must be me. If they didn't like me or there's something that went wrong, it must be me that needs to fix something. And I think it's generation, generational that people that are a little younger than me, sometimes they think, sometimes that they think that maybe it's not them. Maybe it was the group and they've done this amazing job. But I think everyone across the board can improve something. Like when, after I teach class today, I want Trish to say, do something that you can improve this, or maybe it was your micro, it could have been technology, but I want something. I want some kind of feedback, the same as, as you would want Pete. Um, But I think the way that we have to give that feedback, is you have to know the person that you're talking to a little bit, you have to get to know that person and the feedback again, positive feedback, then also, I don't want to say negative feedback room for improvement. Here's what you can do to take this to the next level, to improve your skills. You're doing a great job now. Here's what we can do to even make it better. And I'm here to, like I was, I was, when I, you know, try to help an instructor upskill. Again, if I hired them already, I know they've got potential. I know they're good. Same thing, right? I know they're good. How can I make them better? And I'm here to help them. I'm here for you. My goal is to help you to get better, so you'll you'll feel better about yourself.
1: And now I want to go work for you. What the what the heck? <laughs> Are you hiring, Abby? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I, I
2: know.
1: But no, <laughs> but, but I think that means I mean because I need to know that that if you're my group fitness manager, you tell me something that I trust you because you're trying to make me better, and that and that's where and sometimes you know as an independent guy I miss that you know because I do like having a team and say yo no. Come on, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing, Pete? That you could do that a better way, you know? And Tricia, do you, do you think it's a generational thing? Do you think that we need to get better um, accepting, you know, I- accepting feedback, accepting criticism?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there was an era where all of us grew up teaching. I, I started teaching 20, it'll be 28 years this year. Um, we grew up in a time that it was really hard to get a job in teaching. You had to have your certification, you had to audition, you had, you know, there was just so much to it, right? And it was such a select few. Um, and feedback was a part of the process and you were evaluated. I mean, I saw my first evaluations that were pages long. Now um, I have group fitness directors that have never taken my class. I think that the group fitness director role has really adapted and changed in a, in a way that's not good. Uh, because what happens is health clubs hire a group fitness manager and then they turn their head and say, well, I've got a group fitness manager and they don't give them direction on what their expectations are. And oftentimes a club owner doesn't even know what it should be. So I don't think group fitness directors are upskilling their instructors very often. Um, And it's a rare circumstance that they get to work for an Abbey. Um, And in fact, I teach at two clubs. I've literally, I can can never remember the group fitness take instructor take, or group fitness director taking my class. The other thing that's really interesting to me is that we all grew up in a time when you, A, had a national group certification. That was your base. And then you – so you were ACE certified or you were NASM certified or AFA certified, and then you got your specialty. And we've moved into a very different phase where most people get their specialty first and maybe get their national accreditation And so for us, going to continuing education, uh, for us going to an idea event, or, you know, idea world was everything. We'd all save our money. When I owned a health club, we literally brought our entire team to idea, slept, you know, eight people to a hotel room, could barely (laughs) afford it um, because it was so valuable to us, right? And nowadays, there are times where I'll say to people, oh, are you going to go to IDEA are you going to go to SCW or whatever the conference is, and um, they don't even know what I'm talking about. And that's because they don't need um, continuing education credits because they're not necessarily nationally accredited. So um, I think that's a a big piece of the problem um, that you can kind of teach with any... You don't have to have a national certificate. You don't have to have a certification to teach fitness at all in this country.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Don't, 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 don't share the secret. I know. And I think that's, but a lot of True. people are surprised by that because they don't know. I mean, you don't need a certification to teach at any one of the 50 states. And even DC and Puerto Rico, you don't need uh, a certification. You can go up in a studio, and if you have the mojo, as Abby and Tricia have said, if, you have, if you're a good instructor, you can just start teaching today. So let, let's get ready to wrap it up because I know you, you guys have other things to do. What can people expect? Like Abby, if people take a class with you in virtually, whether it's on homeroom fit or another way, what can what can people expect from a class experience with you?
2: Ah, um, well, definitely. I'm gonna bring that heat. No, they can you know, something <laughs> they can expect. They can expect that I'm not only gonna bring energy, but I'm gonna coach them. I'm gonna coach them through the workout. So I always tell people, and I say this because I work for Schwinn. But I always tell them how hard they're working, how long they're doing it, and how many times. So how hard, how long, how many times? Always, always over and over and over. Um today my workout's gonna be a timed workout. So I demonstrate the movement, I step back, I tell them how long, how hard, how many times, blah, blah, blah. And then I watch them and then I come back and I demonstrate again and I keep doing that over and over throughout the workout. So and I look around and I try to give you know modifications and progression so that I accommodate. Not only the people in the middle, but the people that the, my little outliers, you know, on one side and the outliers on the other side that might need a little more encouragement to work a little harder. And maybe they might need a little encouragement to not necessarily work not as hard, but just to work at their own level.
1: As I like that outliers on either side of the curve, I, like that's exactly what it is, right? You have those people that you're kind of like, chill out, relax. And you have those other people like, come on, you can do it. It' it's, it's on both sides and for you Tricia, what can people expect if people want to try a virtual fitness with homeroomfit.com, what can people expect expect from that and, and how often are you running classes on the platform
0: um, I'll answer the first one first which is it depends on the day so Monday through Friday there's quite a few classes today we have uh, five back to back and then tonight we have three. Um, on the weekends, a little less, of course. That's just the case. And and the truth is, I actually ask instructors to add a class where their people will come, right? So if it's consumer-driven, they need to be teaching at a time that matches their consumers' needs, not mine. So it's not based on what homeroom needs. It's based on what their customer needs. So we could be running classes at midnight, and it would be fine. Um, so that's sort of the, the open-ended Non answer to that question, but um, the what should they expect in terms of coaching? I think that they should expect that the coaching is interactive first and foremost, that it's organic, it's not, um, we're not turning a camera on and they're just performing, that they're really um, looking to help people stay fit in their homes in a way that's safe, and so they're going to give you great coaching, they're going to give you Uh, modifications. They're going to provide you um, resources to get equipment. We're kind of trying to be as full service as possible. And um, I guarantee you, you they're not going to find an instructor that's not pretty incredible um, based on what we've got going so far.
1: And you have the Trisha, you have the Trisha guarantee on that. Yeah. <laughs> the total. I don't know
0: what that means, but yes. Okay.
1: Uh, no, but I mean, you're, you're, come on, you're, you're one that you're, you're, extremely well known for, for putting together great teams. Now, Abby, if people want to get more information, where can people find out? And, and, and your Instagram feed is pretty uh, phenomenal. You do a great job of encouraging and motivating people on your Instagram feed. So where can people get more information about the Abby Apple?
2: Well, they can, that's, well, that's probably the easiest way. If they just follow me at Instagram which is just my name, A-B-B-I-E-A-P-P-E-L. I'll say that again, A-B-B-I-E-A-P-P-E-L. They can follow me there. And I, I post, I mean, I just post, I post probably twice a day, something either. And I post an exercise, like just kind of as an enticement, but they can also use it, of course, and they can use it in their own workouts. And then I always post some kind of promotion for something else going on. So that's probably the easiest way. Instagram, same as Facebook. Facebook is the same name.
1: Rock and roll, Abby Apple. Tricia, where can people get more information about about you? Where can people get more information about Homeroom Fit?
0: Um, They can go to homeroomfit.com, H-O-M-E-R-O-O-M-F-I-T.com, or they can follow me on Instagram at Murph, like the dog, M-U-R-P-H, Madden, like the game, M-A-D-D-E-N. And I kind of do the same as Abby. Lots of content for instructors, And then, of course, um, posting classes and workshops and all that good stuff. And and if you're a Facebook person, just Trisha Murphy Madden, three words. And, uh, yeah, or Homeroom Fit, at Homeroom Fit on Instagram also has all of our incredible instructors.
1: Wait, you have an IG handle on Instagram or Homeroom has an IG tag now?
0: Yes, I can. Wow.
1: I can. Wow. Wow. 100% legit. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining uh, joining us today. I appreciate the insight into virtual fitness, Uh, Abby Apple and Trisha Madden. And uh, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for your time. Now, to be 100% honest... Little, to let you in behind the scenes a little bit. Tricia, Abby, and I are, are old friends. I'm really, I'm good friends with each of them. My colleagues, I uh, Matt, I um, say Murph. Murph and I have collaborated on a couple of things. Abby and I have collaborated a couple of things. We're teaching uh, the Glute Reboot Workshop. I really have a lot of respect. They are both two. Very creative instructors. I really have to say Abby is one of the most creative people I've met. I have the privilege of working with her on the core health and fitness. She does Schwinn and Stairmaster, and she does some knowledge training too, I'm primarily the Stairmaster of Nautilus. I'm on the Stairmaster and Nautilus teams. So I have the opportunity to work with Abby in a couple different respects. And I've gotten to know Tricia over the last year or so. We've become uh, friends and colleagues. And we're collaborating on a really cool project that uh, I'll probably have her on again in the near future to talk about. But we're coming out with a group fitness program called Your Body 2.0. What I've seen, what we've both seen, are there a lot of people out there in the fitness world, and you might be one of them, who you're in your 40s or 50s and you love working out hard, you just want to work out smart. We are all getting a little bit older, and if you've been working out and you're in your 40s and 50s and you've been exercising your entire adult life, you're not at all afraid of working hard, but you just want to make sure you work smart for your body. And so Trisha and I are coming out with a group fitness program called Your Body 2.0. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It is not, it is not chair aerobics, it is high intensity exercise. For the 40 50 60 year old exercise body so if you have a 40 plus year old body keep an eye out for your body 2.0 abby is one of our first instructors we're putting together a whole team right now we'll be offering some classes on homeroom fit and we are going to be to it's going to be a killer killer program anyway that's what i've had the privilege of working on uh, with tricia on that and that what i wanted to do was have a conversation with them about how fitness has changed the last few months and how virtual fitness really what we're seeing is that virtual fitness is really being an effective way to go. If you want to connect with your friends, if you want to connect with an instructor, I've been doing a little bit of virtual fitness with a couple of clients I have um, online. And to be honest, I'll be looking for more clients. So if you're interested at all, in doing any type of personal training or small group training, I'm gonna be setting that up here in the very near future. I'm gonna be, I'm selling the workouts I am online, but I'm also gonna be setting up some small group training programs through Homeroom Fit, and I'll probably be teaching one or two classes through Homeroom Fit because I really do think that for the time being, I really, I really it doesn't please me to say this, but I really just think we need to press pause on the whole fitness industry live workout thing. I mean, if we do do live workouts, if we are able to do live workouts, it's going to have to be at a relatively low intensity because the last thing I want to do as an instructor, knowing what I know, is get a lot of people working really hard and breathing really hard in a tight, confined area. That just is not a recipe um, for optimal health right now doesn't mean that you can't do it but if you are going to go if you are going to bust your gut you should do it at home or do it outside where you have a lot more air and you can expire your CO2 and you can breathe a lot easier anyway that's that's where I wanted to go with this conversation is we don't know when we're going to get back to whatever the new normal is going to be and if you are looking for fitness solutions there are better options out there. You don't need to spend X, you know, $2,000 on a bike at home. You don't need to spend $1,500 for a mirror that's a really cool interface. You can go to homeroomfit.com and get some great instructor led courses. And if you have a favorite instructor, tell her, him, her, I shouldn't say her, tell him or her to get on Homeroom Fit and, and try it out because I really do think we're gonna see a lot more on there. I know I might be on Homeroom Fit uh, before too long. I will definitely let you know. So that way, hey, I want to put my money where my mouth is, right? I talk about fitness. I tell you I do fitness. But now with Homeroom Fit, I uh, hopefully will be teaching classes here before too long for you, the, the podcast audience, so we can connect that way as well as connecting this way via via the, the podcast. Anyway, I want to give you a little insight. This is necessity is a mother of invention. I've talked about that a little bit over the course of COVID-19 and I really, I have nothing but the world of respect for what Trish is doing, what Abby's doing. They're two, two of my favorite people in the industry. I mean, when we do these fitness events, when we have these fitness events, these conferences, they're uh, they're part of my uh, dinner crew. They're they're who I hang out with. So it, it was a lot of fun to have that conversation and to let you in on our conversation today and to give you an insight into one of the new things. And I really do think that um, if, if it's not homeroom fit, it'll be other services like that, that really is gonna, is gonna be shaping how we sway and move and get fit here in the coming months and probably in in the coming year or so with that you have the contact information she's Murph Madden at Instagram that's for Tricia Murphy Madden she's Abby Apple the other one is Abby Apple A-B-B-I-E A-P-P-E-L at Instagram and you can get a lot of great stuff from them two phenomenal leaders we have in the industry if you want to reach out to me you can do that Pete McCall uh, It's sorry it's Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com pete at pete if you go to my website uh, you're probably not listening anymore <laughs> if you go to my website and sign up for my mailing list i will send you a chapter from my book smarter workouts the science of exercise made simple and a body weight workout that you can do anywhere you take your body so with that hey thanks for stopping by and as always i look forward to having you join me for future episodes of all about fitness